This is Aftermath, where we bring you the week that was in MMA. I am your MTMV Sports Fights Correspondent, your man, The Voice, with my MMA man, Josh Musil. What's going on, Josh? Not much, man. Just hanging out, uh, watching TV with the wifey and the baby. Oh, nice. About to do some some aftermath podcast. All right, all right. What what were you watching? We we're watching Forge and Fire. <laughs> that's uh, that's Baby Aiden's favorite show. That's what we were watching when he we brought him home. And I don't know, he likes the sound of banging hammers or something. Hey, uh, yeah, maybe may a sign of things to come. <laughs> Excuse me. Cool. Yeah. Well, I you know I'm. Fighting a good fight on this end and getting ready to do something. I don't know. Maybe watch a basketball game or uh, something on Netflix. Maybe some Iron. Uh, since you all were forging the fire, maybe watching uh, some Iron Fist. Hey, there you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, since we're speaking of Iron and Fist and combat, let's get into all of the wonderful stuff that we're covering here in Aftermath. Uh, fight fans, we will be covering today Bellator 207, Bellator 208, and PFL 9. So, um, let's see. What order? Well, you know what? Why don't we start in the order that they happen? So, that would be Bellator 207. Uh, and then we can run through Bellator 208 and, and end up with a little bit of PFL discussion. So, Bellator 207 took place on a Friday, and man, that was a really, really outstanding card in a number of ways. A, a number of young prospects shine very, very brightly. Uh, starting off with my Mike the Savage Kimball. Oh my goodness. Six second KO. They could barely get through the highlight package that they had right before it. <laughs> it was like, ding, whack. It was over. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I, I didn't even see it. I was uh, in my kitchen cooking. I had it playing on my phone through my, uh, my speaker. And, you know, just watching it that way. I, you know, I hear the stuff and then all of a sudden it's over. It's like, what is over? What is going on? So I got to see the replay of it, uh, which they play in its entirety because it was only six seconds. Man, yeah, that that was uh that was absolutely phenomenal. And I was like, oh, this is a young man, we need to try to get on round two or something. He's already um agent up. <laughs> He's running yeah. the paradigm. And getting calls from Conor McGregor before the fight. So, of course, he was on Ariel Helwani's show this week, as was the fighter that you wanted to highlight from Bellator 207. So, talk to us about Banks and Nalo. Uh, this was a, an intriguing fight for me. I didn't know much about Nalo going into this fight, but Carrington Banks um, coming off of his first loss. 
to Adam Piccolotti, I think it was earlier this year, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Um, so I was kind of interested in the fight. Uh, just looking at the two fighters, I mean, it, it, it just looked like it was going to be fun. And uh, round one, <clears throat> um, lots of kicks from Nalo, mm. uh, which was perhaps a foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> but lots of lots of leg uh, action with with kicks and uh, different types of kicks and and just really powerful sounding kicks too when they would land. Um, Banks went for a couple of takedowns and was relatively easily stuffed. Uh, Knowledge just looked really fluid, um, super fluid with everything he did. Uh, everything he threw was was with purpose. <clears throat> um, I believe. Banks came in at one point and put him up, uh, Nalo up against the fence, and fence uh, and fence and Nalo actually is the one that ended up uh, with the takedown. Um, and uh, you know, there's a couple scrambles, um, and I had uh, Nalo win in the round. They made it through mm-hmm. the first round. I had Nalo win in ten uh, nine. Just again, the fluidity, the the control, everything he was able to do, the, the shots that he was landing, the kicks and stuff, and then just able to stuff the takedowns. They had the takedown. Of his own, and then we open the second round, and uh, 57 seconds into round two, he throws one of the nastiest knees that I have ever seen. I mean, the the view that you had live, I didn't actually know Banks was knocked out because mm. he was like he locked up so stiff. It looked like he was, it looked like he went in and got hit, and then like backed out, like oh that hurt, and then he just fell to the ground. I mean, it was like a delayed reaction because he just stiffened up. And then they showed the other angle completely opposite of that one where you could see the shot. And it was just a clean, clean, clean knee catches him. Just banks. That is super solid. Um, eyes roll back. He takes the, the, the deep breath and he, you can see everything lock up his shoulders hunch and he goes down. Um, no follow up whatsoever. None needed. Right, um, and then the uh, the most impressive part about that is that Nalo said in between round one and two that he noticed Banks dipping that head mm-hmm. when he would throw his right, I believe. And sure enough, he just kind of floated the right out, or it might have been the left, whichever he was he was throwing. But sure enough, Banks went to dip that head, and as he was dipping, Nalo's coach had told him use those legs when he does it. And he said, what better way to do it than throw the knee? And he said, I'll just let my knees do what my hands were doing. It's a lot easier, a lot quicker. And um, just how chill this kid was, <laughs> was so impressive to see. I mean, he's just, he, he wasn't, didn't look excited at all. Never looked tired of the fight. Never looked like anything was affecting him during the fight. I mean, this is a really chill kid. Right. Um, that is really nasty. And uh, very creative striker as well, if, if you're watching him. Um, and uh, obviously listens very well to his corner. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested. I, I mean, he's 6-0. and um, I was 7-0, and sorry mm-hmm. now. Um, very interested to see him fight again. Uh, I will definitely be paying attention um, to his next fight, whoever it might be. I would like to see him get, uh, you know, kind of a, a name draw. I'd like to see even like a, a, against a Piccolotti or something similar. Because um, I'm, I'm excited to see him, and I just like, like I said, just how chilly he was. It really left that impression. Um, th- 
it from the time the fight started to the, the post fight interview, just everything was super f- smooth and, and seamless for him. Yeah, it, it was. And one thing that stood out to me in the post fight interview is that he probably like Bruce Leroy is just a, a true martial artist because when everything was over he was just talking about yeah hey come train with us you know come train with us it's like that's generally not how yes. he reacted <laughs> it definitely wasn't how Mike Kimball reacted after his you know so uh, he grew up a hippie and and he's just he's a different different kind of person I, I looked on his Instagram page I was like oh yeah you know rat garbage I was like well what is that and his pictures of rats and that he's made art out of and it is really different to to uh to say it in the most complimentary fashion possible yeah all right right. well i am actually heading over to instagram at this exact moment to see this okay well (laughs) god bless you in jesus name once was too much (laughs) for the king Well, while, while you're doing that, let's talk about the absolute demolition that was the main event. Ryan Bader, in the words of his opponent, Matt Mitrion, rode him like a pony the whole 15 minutes that they were in there together. Every single judge on the card gave round two. Well, they gave all the rounds to Bader, but every judge on the court gave round two a 10-8 decision. One judge saw it, saw the first round as a 10-9. Second judge saw the third round as a 10-9, whereas the third judge, he had all three rounds as 10-8. So he got 10-8s on two cards, and then, uh, or I should say two rounds on two cards, and then across the board, on another just an absolute utter destruction now i've heard big john say before that when they kind of rewrote the rules to encourage more 10 eights being given that there were three components to look for and if you had two of the three components then it should be a 10 eight those three components are damage domination and duration i personally didn't give Bader I didn't think that Bader should have gotten a 10-9 I mean a 10-8 for round three he did have I mean you're going by what the judges rules say he had it he had domination he had duration but he really didn't do much with it there there wasn't enough damage uh, and or attempted damaging strikes for me to think that that was a 10-8 round it was more of a 10-9 in my opinion uh, but nevertheless, 10-9, 10-8, it doesn't matter as long as his is 10 and the other number is not a 10, uh, that means he wins. And he was the first to punch his ticket into the Bellator heavyweight finals. Now, when the Grand Prix was announced initially, there were two people specifically that I thought would be in it. One is not fighting, at least right now. And that is Bobby Lashley because he was running through everyone he was fighting. And the other person was Chet Congo, who had the opportunity, or I should say the privilege, of welcoming Tim Johnson into Bellator. Talk about that fight. Um, yeah, actually, that's part of the reason I wanted to bring this fight up. It was a, it was a short fight. Um, 
<clears throat> but uh, I wanted to talk about it because of the implications for like a heavyweight Grand Prix, or not even implications necessarily, but um, kind of a. I thought the same thing when the the the, the announcement came uh, for the heavyweight Grand Prix that Chet Congo was not in it. Um, and this fight, and even his last fight, um, which I believe was also a first round knockout. Yeah, I don't know. I I'll look I can't up. remember. Um, yeah, please. Uh, but uh, anyway, the, the, this fight went uh, a total of let me find it really quick, one minute and eight seconds. <laughs> so uh, what it started off, I mean, Congo just came out, was landing some good combinations, um, did a lot of work in the body uh, with uh, uh, just straight punches, which was interesting, I guess. Um, I mean, especially early in the fight. I mean, sometimes you'll start to see heavyweights come in, but they'll come in with a lot of those uppercuts, and they'll come in with uh, trying to trying to just cause that damage, especially liver shots. But he's doing a lot of straight punches, um, and then Congo is able to catch short uh, catch Johnson with a short right hand. And um, the crazy part is, it wasn't even like a crisp hit. Uh, again, this is two fights now in a row that, that when it happened, or not two fights in a row, but the two fights I'm talking about um, were initially. The view that we had, I, I wasn't sure what happened. It kind of looked like Johnson maybe stumbled and then was going for the takedown because, well, I'm on the ground. I need to, you know, I can't let Congo get me. And then when the, all of a sudden the fight was stopped, um, uh, Congo was able to trap Johnson's arm, throw some hammer punches, um, and got the stoppage. And then when we got to see another view, you saw that Congo did clip him kind of right in the, the temple. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a very glancing. I mean, it was like the his bottom three fingers, you know, kind of just clipped him. And it was enough to just, I mean, you could see it in Johnson's face that it, it hurt. I mean, it wasn't one of those, oh, I slipped. I mean, it was a, you hit me and he just kind of fell forward. And in that view as well, you actually see him just fall like, almost face first to the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas from the, the view that we had during the fight was behind him. It looked, like I said, it looked more like a, like he, it looked like he like lunged for him. And when Congo moved, uh, he lost his balance and fell to his knees, but it was just, it was a perfectly placed shot. Um, it looks like he was trying to cover up the midsection as he did it. He dropped his hands down. I think those straight rights or the straight punches to the body early was already starting to affect him. And by dropping the hands and kind of going to curl up, he brought the same as the, the Banks fight. He brought his head into the, the, the punch, just generated that extra force. So even with the glancing blow, um, you know, him moving into it was enough to do it. And then Congo was able to get on top and very smartly with uh, uh, instead of just jumping on and start to ground and pound like you see so many fighters do. And the guy's able to get legs and hide his head and get his head right. Um, Congo took his time, was able to uh, trap that Johnson's arm. Uh, As Johnson was going for the takedown, he kind of sat back and his right arm was trapped and he kind of just held the left arm down and just started raining hammer punches. Zero chance he could get away from it. There was nowhere he could go. He was in almost like an inverted crucifix. I mean, where Congo was on top and uh, Johnson was on the bottom, landed some great hammer punches and uh, was able to move on. The reason, again, I want to talk about it is just in the heavyweight. I know there's a lot of speculation. There was a lot of talk before the fight um, of Congo being, uh, I believe, and the Roy Nelson fight of one of the winners being an alternate for this heavyweight Grand Prix. 
Um, I don't know where that stands because of obviously it's, it's moved on. But um, it is kind of one of those guys that I was a little disappointed didn't get into it. Um, but a couple of good fights in a row that Congo's had. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that's just what I had there. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's won uh, seven straight under the, the Bellator MMA banner is what I just saw in my notes here. Shout out to uh, Sherdog as I pulled yes. it up. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I was going to say after reviewing Sherdog as well that uh, he did indeed have a first round knockout in his last bout. Um, but you already have all that information. So why do I need to say anything? No, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, he, he knocked out uh, Javier Ayala, who I believe yeah. is scheduled to fight big big country next i don't know i don't know i know javier uh, is gonna be fighting soon but i'm not yeah, quite sure uh who he's fighting i'll mirror yeah. i think right frank mirror yeah yeah that's it he's fighting frank mirror uh in the fight for the troops that's right that Absolutely yeah that's right. it i was like man i just saw the stinking poster like yeah. yesterday <laughs> yeah that that's gonna be nice i wish i uh, wish we had <laughs> press passes and uh the monies were with to get there but hey I just found out some information today that we can share with the fight fans if you all want us to go and cover Bellator um, I don't even know what number it is but December 15th in Hawaii you can help by giving to the podcast if you're on Anchor if you listen via Anchor uh, there's a way to give a subscription amount on a monthly basis to MTMV Sports. So just kind of a FYI there. Wanna put that in the in the atmosphere. You know, I, I I really, really believe that you all need that live on the ground coverage for both of those fights. Uh both the fight for the troops as well as um the event that'll be on the zone. I forget the actual number of it but yeah you all need that on the ground coverage so please give <laughs> so that we can go and give you all the proper coverage not proper 12 but the proper coverage all right well the feather i mean not the featherweight the uh, heavyweight grand prix rolled on and got its second finalist uh though congo wasn't in the grand prix he very well may still be the alternate for the Grand Prix because you know anything can happen in training so we'll have to see how all of that goes but uh, the other finalist was made or I should say uh, selected due to their absolutely uh, turning back the clock performance the whole Grand Prix Fedor has really been and not just the Grand Prix since being in Bellator Fedor hasn't gone out of the first round. First fight with Mitrion was a uh, the double knockdown. Mitrion got up before he did. Uh, hit him. Fight was over. Fight in the first round. KO Mir in the first round. And then in this semifinals for the heavyweight Grand Prix. He does it again, brother. Oh my goodness. Matter of fact, he dropped Shale not only in the first five seconds of the round, but with the first two strikes that he threw. Caught him with an uppercut first and really started softening him up. Then 
caught him with a straight after that and dropped him. Uh, those two strikes he landed with so much authority. Tail shot in and got hit with a jab, and it looked like he was continuing the shot, but I think he was hurt. He went down to the ground uh, and then immediately went on his back, hoping that Fedor would come down with him. Fedor was like, no, nah, man, get up. Uh, and truthfully, that wasn't a bad strategy to employ because when it comes to trying to take him down, Chael looked like the middleweight that he was fighting the heavyweight that Fedor is. I mean, he was getting tossed around like I toss my kids when they're trying to wrestle and, and fight me. It was just ridiculous. Uh, the first takedown attempt that he had ended with him on his back and Fedor turning the tide in things because of Fedor's hips, his balance, as well as his strength being a true heavyweight. Now, the first time Chell did get him to the ground and had a dominant position, he held it for about a minute. You know, so he was doing all right with that. Then he, you know, was moving because you got to move. You can't just lay there on top of someone. He was moving, trying to advance his position. Fedor flipped him over. Then Chell was on his back and paid for it. Oh, my goodness. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. The first true dominant ground position that he had, he had him in, uh, He had him from the, the side uh, on the back. And then he tried to flip over <laughs> and flip yeah. over. And that did not work out well at all. That's when he got mm-hmm. hit with the ground and pound. Uh, again, after that, he did wind up getting him down, keeping him down. But then uh, Fedor flipped him over, stood him up, chill, shot in again, and got caught with some hammer fists. Those two hammer fists were heavy enough to make Chell let go and turtle up. Fedor came with the ground and pound, and uh, Big Dan had to call it off. Uh, I am so excited for the fight on the 26th of January. I don't think that things could have ended any better for Bellator. You have arguably the GOAT or someone who was argued as the GOAT in general, but definitely the GOAT at heavyweight, at least in my estimation. You can't go uh Picking back up, Fedor is in my book is the GOAT as far as heavyweights are concerned. And to have the career resurgency that he's had over these past two fights, going up against Bader, who's looked phenomenal at heavyweight and really is poised to be the future face of Bellator. You can't lose with this fight. If Fedor wins, it further establishes him in the GOAT conversation. If Bader wins, he beats the greatest of all time at a different weight class, becomes the double champ, 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 uh, champ square, whatever he's going to call himself, uh, for Bellator and the first one for Bellator to do it. And it really puts him at a higher tier overall as the playing field seems to be getting a bit more even between the number one and number two in MMA. So that caps off Bellator's back-to-back weekend 
But that's not all that happened. While Bellator 208 was going on, PFL 9 was taking place as well. Um, and I know we, we're going to talk a bit about PFL 9 and talk about some of the fights there. That was a tournament for both the lightweights and the light heavyweights. And I know that you're going to give us a bit of information, uh, Mr. Moosel, regarding those things. Uh, but just to kind of let everyone know what happened in that specific card, we had in the lightweight division, the two finalists were Natan Shulti and Rashid Magomedov. In the light heavyweight division, the two finalists were uh, Vinny Magalesh and Sean, the real OC O'Connell. Magomedov's journey to the finals, he beat Will Brooks, who was ranked number two. Then he beat uh, Tiago Tavares, and then, uh, or that punches ticket to the final. In the top bracket, you had Schultz beating Johnny Case and then Chris Wade to get there. Um, something that really stood out to me as far as that card uh, was concerned is that Schulte, well, not not Schulte, uh, but really Magomedov, he stopped Tavares with some vicious body shots in um, in his semifinal fight. But he fought Tavares because Islam Mamadov, who won the quarterfinals, was injured and could not continue. If the person that you're fighting is injured and cannot continue, then you go on to take their place since you had something to do with that injury, which I think is a really neat feature of this tournament format. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat, though, and claim a bit of conspiracy here because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Memedov and um, Magomedov both are trained uh, by Khabib Magomedov's dad and they're definitely a part of that DFL, the Dagestani fight league uh, that takes that's taking over the PFL. So I don't know if maybe they had some kind of agreement that, hey, if we both advance, then I'll sit out because you have a better chance. Although, um, to debunk that, Memedov had the better seating going in. So, you know, who knows me and my conspiracy theories. I think I just uh, proved myself wrong. But, hey, uh, it makes a nice t- uh, discussion. <laughs> On the lightweight side, you had again you had Natan Shulti and um, uh, hold on, I, I think I'm tripping. Yeah, I am <laughs> tripping. Natan Shulti was the one that came out on the other end. Did you have any of those fights or anyone that you wanted to touch on as far as the lightweights? Yes, sir. Anything on the lightweight end? Uh, no. First, is everything all right on your end? I've got everything all right over here. I <laughs> just started talking and, and it was gone, and I'm like, "What on earth, man?" Um, no, I don't have anything on the uh, on the on the lightweight end. I do not. Um, I missed 
uh, a good portion of PFL because of the competing with uh, Bellator. Yes. On the, the, at the same time, but uh, so no, I don't have anything there. I have a, a couple in the the uh, light heavyweight. All right. Well, uh, while you do that, or before you do that. Uh, the reason I was able to see things the way I was because I actually took a play or I should say yeah I took a call out of your playbook you said you were going to have the computer set up so you could watch both at the same time <laughs> and you didn't but I did and that's why I was able to see all this wonderfulness uh, and it was great because it seemed like whenever one organization had a low the other one was picking up so that that was really nice but anyway yeah talk about the light heavyweights uh I I'm actually checking out a stat really quick because uh shout out to I meant to shout him out last week on Twitter uh, it is uh, at numbers MMA mm-hmm. uh, or MMA by the numbers um, mm-hmm. again if you listen to last week I'm a I'm a numbers guy I like the stuff um, this guy really does well I say guy I don't even know if it's actually a guy um, this person <laughs> does really well um, with compiling a lot of those numbers and stats. Um, and puts them in a, in a really cool way. It's not just the numbers of this many strikes, this many strikes, um, but he's really does really well with uh, percentages and stuff. And the fight that I want to talk about uh, was the, the the two fights rather the same gentleman was um, Sean O'Connell. <clears throat> and the reason I wanted to bring that up, and I'm trying to pull it because I got way too many things here um, is in the undercard or the, or the I say the undercard the uh, the in the quarterfinals thank you um, Sean O'Connell defeated uh, Dan, Dan was it Dan or was it Ron Dan Spawn yeah he's, he Dan Spawn okay yeah, so Dan Spawn in the, in the quarterfinals and um, <clears throat> we talked a lot last week about the tiebreaker mm-hmm. and winning the tiebreaker um and the tiebreaker for PFL playoffs, if you missed when we talked about it before, is the first round. Whoever wins the first round, if it goes to a decision, um, advances. That's the tiebreaker is winning the first round. And you actually very smartly brought up um, about getting a 10-8 in the second round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and saying that that is a very real possibility because we actually talked about the fact that that's kind of a – we weren't huge fans – of that system because you could go out and kind of win the first round and then just don't get knocked out or submitted for the second round and you can win. Um, well, Sean O'Connell was listening to the podcast apparently and decided <laughs> and decided that when he lost the first round, he was going to come out and just throw every ounce of everything that he had in the second round and was actually able to pick up the majority decision via a 10-8 second round. Um, to advance to the semifinals, uh, he ended up getting a nineteen nineteen and then two nineteen eighteens, which I just thought was was interesting. That one was interesting. But then to to give you my shout out on on Sean O'Connell here by uh, uh, by Mister MMA by the numbers, uh, who was also shouted out by Sean O'Connell. Uh, he in his semifinals round against Rama. It says the the two strikes landed by Sean O'Connell against Rama were the third fewest in any PFL playoff fight so far. And with those two strikes landed, he scored two knockdowns and a knockout win. <laughs> wow. I thought that was incredible. Um, I actually missed this one. I got a chance to catch the quarterfinals. I did not actually see this fight. Um, 
and so that blew my uh, blew my mind to to see that and then he is taking on um uh, who the heck is he taking on uh, uh, you're still talking about uh, uh, O'Connell. Uh, well, yeah, who, who's who moved into the finals with him? Vinny Magalhaes. Magalhaes. Okay, that's right. I saw something on here as well from him. Uh, by again, by MMA by the numbers, and I don't know if I'll be able to find it again. Um, but there was some really cool stats that he had between the two of them, uh, between O'Connell and Magalhaes, and it's it will be this will be an awesome fight. Um, if you missed the the flying triangle Kimura yes um, oh, that he uh, hit on Rakim Cleveland oh, oh my goodness that was it makes zero sense to do something like that in a fight that if you lose the first round you could potentially not advance and this Joker did it zero hesitation because um, essentially if you miss it you're on your back with a guy on top of you that's trying to punch your face in for the next four and a half minutes <laughs> to win a million dollars um, and just with the zero hesitation, and not only did he, I mean, it was a very good triangle mm-hmm. to to double up on that. And a lot of times you'll see elbow strikes or you'll see a lot of different things. And he decided he was going to go for the Kimura, uh, which he got, and it looked gross and nasty. Yeah. Um, it was bad, and he got it quickly. Um, so that I I am ridiculously excited about that fight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am too. And then he also got a... He wasn't playing. Vinny Michael H was not playing. He's like, look, I'm going to the finals and I'm getting this money. He also had a Kamora submission victory against Basquiat Atayev in the semifinals. He was not playing in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So salute to that man, Vinny Michael because he said, I'm getting ready to be Vinny Millionaire. Uh, pardon the pun because that was uh, thoroughly intended so pardon the pun All right. well what is happening on the next episode of Aftermath now before you get into that fight fans want to let you know we're going to take a week off because there won't be much to cover and discuss next week so we'll hold off on PFL 10 uh, until we have a bit more to, to discuss. So, but so I already said PFL 10. So, what else are we covering on that card? Uh, we've got, we're going to talk one championship. Um, you've got some really cool stuff that you're going to bring up in that because um, you are definitely the, uh, the one championship uh, connoisseur in our group because I'm like, oh man, I'm going to watch it this week. And then I, I always, forget <laughs> yeah hang my head on covering right here on on aftermath so uh i mean even i can can keep up with some of these different things and then we've got um uh ufc montcon uh is well coming um and that is again just to reiterate that'll be in two two weeks yes so uh don't expect all this next week or don't you know hit me up on twitter like how are you gonna talk about ufc next week <laughs> I know it'll, it'll be the next show two weeks <laughs> right alright uh, well why don't you give the fight fans you said don't hit don't hit you up uh, on social just in case they don't have your socials ah uh, true yeah I mean you can definitely hit me up on social just don't 
Don't be mean to me, please. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to be at Bearded Moose. Again, that is with two zeros instead of O's. So that is M00SE at Bearded Moose. And then you can check out the Sports Network page at Ambush Sports and ambushsportsnetwork.com. We write about, uh, much like Aftermath, we write and talk about a lot of different promotions for MMA. And then we also talk fantasy football. We got a couple of baseball articles if you're a Boston Red Sox fan in particular. Boo. Boo. <laughs> well, not, let me stop now. Well, yeah, I, I can say boo as a uh, lifelong resident of the St. Louis metropolitan area. Boo. <laughs> I'll Man. pass those along to our uh, our baseball writer. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure he'll say, I'm sorry, I can't hear you here in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, right, because they are in the World Series uh, this year. Yeah. But yeah, so we got, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have some some uh, baseball, or some Boston Red Sox in particular. If, again, if you're a fan, um, that's most of our baseball articles. Uh, he's a big Red Sox fan. So cool. Um, really cool stuff and in depth stuff there. Um, we're supposed to have golf, uh, AFL, we're going to try to cover next year. That's a ah. Yeah, trying to trying to branch out little bits at a time here. We just opened up a couple of uh, new uh, indoor football leagues relatively close to me, um, so I'm really trying to build up some uh, some relationships there, and uh, maybe I can give you some ground coverage if you're an uh, indoor football fan. All right, yeah, I, I I definitely am. I love the arena game. I love the indoor football game. So. Uh, the speed of the game and and the hits and everything with it being such a smaller field of play is is, is phenomenal. I, I love it. Well, if you want to catch up with your man, the voice, I am the voice on all social media, and that's T H A V O Y Z E. And of course, we have to give a salute to the ones that make all of this possible. MTMV Sports is the vehicle that allows us to do this make sure you follow mtmv sports on all of your social platforms and for the fight fans specifically it's really important to do that because whenever there's a big fight going on pay-per-view uh something on the zone that's well everything on the zone is exclusive but you know one of the big fights on the zone your man the voice will be providing round by round coverage of the main card and or main event so make sure you're following us there for all of that wonderfulness and until the horn sounds fight the good fight this has been aftermath your week that was in mma via mtmv sports sports fans rejoice my team my voice and we're out